Welcome to Done and Done. I'm Alicia, your hostess on this podcast journey, all things Dominic Dunn, where nothing is linear and everything is connected. Thank you, investigators, for joining me today in a bit of a switch up in our Capote's Coterie investigation. You are probably expecting the last of Truman Capote's high society swans, Lee Radswell, and her story is incredible. But alas, I feel like Lee's story, as it connects to Truman and really our entire arc of episodes in the month of April and May, Lee's story is going to land so much more effectively if I can take you back in time just a little bit. Throughout the rest of this month of May on Done and Done, we are going to be double dipping, maybe triple dipping with episodes each week to tie the whole thing together because, friends, it really is all connected. See, long before the High Society Swans, Truman Capote had a group of essential swans. Quite a number of dynamic women and a few men, too, that help create Truman's legend, his persona. These folks who know Truman before 1958, Breakfast at Tiffany's, In Cold Blood in the 60s, well before Answered Prayers, these folks have seen Truman evolve from that small, awkward boy from Alabama into the author and infamous character he becomes. Truman Capote will make it to New York City with his mother, Lily May, who's now going by Nina in 1933. Nina has hooked herself up with Truman's stepfather, Joe Capote. Throughout this time period, the 1933 time period when Truman goes to New York City, there is a super important essential swan along with her famous grandmother that we're going to be talking about this Wednesday. That is when we're going to back up the investigation into a bit of a backstory. Again, double, triple dipping on Done and Done over this month. But today, this is the story that I really want you to know about. This particular event that we're talking about in our quick episode today happens in 1948. And let's remember that Truman Capote has been writing his whole life. He always knows he wants to be a writer from that very first typewriter that Harper Lee's father gives Truman at the tender age of six. Remember, Truman has all of his little notebooks that he carries around and his dictionaries, too. But by 1948, Truman Capote has managed to get himself published. He's gaining some attention first through Miriam, his first release, the second through Other Voices, Other Rooms. Truman publishing his actual real writing work. Holy cats, his dreams are coming true. This attention that Truman gets is going to garner up some pretty important introductions for our boy Truman. This particular introduction in 1948, I feel really puts a middle stone, a benchmark into a decade of Truman Capote's life when he is really figuring it out. Truman Capote is going to leave Mama Nina, Mama Lily May, and move into his own place in 1944. Lily May passes away in 1954. 
shortly before Truman Capote meets Babe Paley, bringing him into all of those high society swans. So this decade, 1944 to 1954, so to speak, 55, is really a decade where Truman Capote's doing incredible writing, but really, I think in another way, figuring it out. He is moving and shaking through a whole new world, a world he's always wanted to get to. This particular meeting in 1948 of this essential swan happens in Paris. Truman Capote is the boy wonder writer. Other Voices, Other Rooms has been released. And it is Jean Cocteau who will bring Truman Capote round to Colette's place in France. Colette's place, holy cats, in France is at the Palace Royale. Colette is the author of Gigi and the Claudine novels. And Colette in 1948 is not the young girl that she once was. She is a grown woman now nearing the age of 80 years old, having fully cemented her life and legend. Colette is France's grandest grand dame of literature. This next section comes from Sam Wasson's Fifth Avenue 5AM about this particular pivotal meeting for Truman Capote with Colette, the grandest grand dame in French literature. In full recline, Colette, racked with arthritis, no doubt smiled at Truman's author's photograph on the dust jacket of other voices, other rooms. Staring out at her with his languid eyes and slick lips, the boy's salacious look was one the old woman knew well. In her day, she had rocked Paris with a few success de scandales of her own, both on the page and off. Now, here was this rascal with his angel's face, a hungry angel's face. How delicious. She felt for sure there existed a kind of artery between them, even before he entered her bedroom. Truman sensed it too. Bonjour, madame. Bonjour. They hardly spoke each other's language, but as he approached her bedside, their bond grew from assured to obvious. The artery was in the heart. After the teas were served, the room got warmer and Colette opened Truman's 23-year-old hand. In it, she placed a crystal paperweight with a white rose at its center. What does it remind you of, she asked. What images occur to you? Truman turned it around in his hand. Young girls in their communion dresses, he said. The remark pleased Colette. Very charming, she said, very apt. Now I can see what Jean, Cocteau, told me is true. He said, don't be fooled, my dear. He looks like a ten-year-old angel, but he is ageless and has a very wicked mind. She gave it, the paperweight, to Truman, a souvenir. 
Truman Capote would collect paperweights for the rest of his life, but years later, the white rose was still his favorite. Truman took it with him almost everywhere. Francis Grandest Grandame of Literature, Colette, does pass away in 1954, leaving Truman with a very powerful talisman, that paperweight, and a very profound effect on Truman to meet a writer in that literary caliber. When Colette passes away, she is given a state funeral and buried in Père Lachaise Cemetery in Paris. Investigators, I feel like this little scene from 1948 is a wonderful benchmark in time. In our next episodes, we are going to meet some of the essential swans that intersect through Truman Capote's life and Dominic Dunn's life, too, centering it all back around in our double and triple time episodes through the month of May here on Dun and Dunn. Thank you for tuning in to this little tiny, tiny episode. Set your clocks for Wednesday. We are going to be back then with our next essential two swans that's going to drop for you Wednesday at midnight on your preferred podcast player. That extra long episode will be early and ad free for you on Tuesday with your Patreon subscription. Y'all, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you joining me on this investigation. Thanks for telling your friends. Thanks for your kind emails and reviews. Until Wednesday, darlings, stay curious and keep on investigating. Thanks for listening to the Done and Done podcast, a Hemlock Creatives production. You can email us at doneanddone at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at doneanddonepodcast. For further information about our episodes or sources, you can find us online at www.doneanddone.com. See you next week, friends.